today. We're so thankful that you have realized this is God's day and we took advantage of that to come to his house and worship him. One of my favorite scriptures that I love is in Nahum 1-7. It says, the Lord is good. How many of you believe God is good? Yes. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows those that trust in him. So God knows us, and he knows that we trust him. And it's so wonderful to be here in God's house. We want to thank you for coming this morning. Something a little new that might be this Friday. Some of you pray on Fridays at noon. This just in. Are you not extremely happy to see Liz back in the pulpit? (laughs) We love you. I missed you more than you missed me. I know I did. Because I cried every service that I wasn't here. But I'm so glad that the Lord can be with us no matter where we are. And he's not just limited to us being here when we can't be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Um, I wanted to mention, we have a... Be seated just a minute. I'll do this real quick. But... um, For some time I've been feeling like that we should do more praying and I thought, I just talked to Pastor a little bit about us having a prayer meeting here at the church through the week sometime, just coming in the sanctuary and praying. So we start this Friday from 11 to 12, we're going to have an hour of prayer. And every Friday we'll come to the sanctuary to pray. And if you're working or you can't be here, you take that time to pray at home or on the job or in the car, wherever you are. Let's unite together through the week one hour that we're praying for our church and for our loved ones. And we do pray for Israel all the time. I know I do. And I think that we just add them to our list. But um, I I did that. I was just motivated uh, because I take my sister. I have a sister in the nursing home and I take her maybe um, every two or three weeks to Walmart. I have to push her in the wheelchair. And we, we, we go in, and 
there's a young man that started uh, greeting. His name is, is Raymond uh, Kilburn, and he goes to the uh, Church of God in Kings Point. And I've known him for many years, and he's older now, and he just volunteered to do that. And so I went up to talk to him about three or four years ago, and I said, Raymond, it's good to see you. He said, yes. He said, you know, I'm doing a prayer list while I'm standing here. He said, I pray for people that have needs, but I especially pray for people that have cancer. He said, I want you to know that I've been praying for a lady that has cancer. She came back just this week and told me that God had healed her. And he was so happy. He was so happy. And after that, every time I would go, I'd find him. I'd say, Raymond, how are you doing? Oh, I want you to know I had two more people that were healed of cancer. Every time I would go, he had his book and his list. And he would say, there's been so many. This week, I saw him. He's got a book. He's no longer able to stand on his legs because of the strength that he doesn't have. But he sits in a chair. And he has that book, and he prays. He said, Liz, I've had over 100 people in these last four or five years that had cancer that have told me that God has healed them. And I felt all the power of prayer, not just for cancer, but for so many things. And I'm so glad we're starting this because I want us to pray and be out where we're at work and just say to people, oh, do you, is there anything I could help you pray about? I'll put you on our prayer list at church. We already have a good prayer list we're starting with. So keep that and add people to it. And let's just be busy praying and looking for Jesus because he's coming soon. And we want to welcome you today and tell you that we're glad that you're here. And if all of you would just, uh, uh, the visitors and, and guests just remain seated and we'll stand all over the building to greet one another and leave our guests seated. And then you turn around and look, find all of our wonderful guests today. Those are the people you're going to especially shake hands with and greet. God bless you. Remember service tonight. Get out and shake hands and greet one another. God bless you.
Good morning and welcome to Stratford Heights Church. Whether you are one of our faithful attenders or perhaps visiting for the very first time, we're so thankful you chose to be with us today. We trust that you have already found our Stratford Heights family to be friendly and very welcoming. There are so many exciting and wonderful events going on in our church community that you need to know about. So here's a look at some of the things you and your family can be part of. The Men's and Women's Encounter is a special weekend set aside to have a personal life-changing experience with God. The still small voice of God competes to be heard over the distractions in our everyday lives. This retreat allows time for God to work in our lives without the distractions of our daily routines in an environment that has been bathed in fasting and prayer. We believe that God is coming back for a sanctified bride. At this weekend, individuals will encounter three things, themselves, the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit. This retreat will be taking place from Friday, October 3rd at 6 p.m. through Sunday, October 5th at 1 p.m. at the Church of God Campgrounds in Morrow, Ohio. Encounters are open to men and women ages 18 and up. 16 and 17 year olds are welcome as well, if accompanied by a parent. The cost is $115 per person, which covers lodging and meals. Registration is limited to the first 25 men and the first 25 women who sign up. Space is going to fill up quickly, so register today. Registration closes on October 1st. To register, contact Christian Mays or Rhonda Taylor or email us at stratencounters at gmail.com. Come be part of this special encounter with the Lord. Family Fun Fest is once again coming to Stratford Heights. This community festival is just one of the many events intended to bring life and joy into our city. The festival is open to all ages. The Family Fun Fest will not only have the greatest food and fellowship, but will be packed with events for the whole family. There will be a trunk or treat for the kids, blow up games and rides, the ever popular rock climbing wall, petting zoo, live drama, crafts, food from all over the world, and so much more. And the best part is that it's all free. The Family Fun Fest takes place on November 2nd from noon till around 5 p.m. right here at Stratford Heights Church of God. Children are welcome and encouraged to come dressed in costume that morning to church. Keep in mind that on that Sunday, November 2nd, we only have one service at 10 a.m., not the normal 10.45 a.m. There will not be an 8.30 a.m. service, Sunday school classes, or a 6 p.m. service, just the one morning service at 10 a.m. Once again, all events are free. However, food will be sold to support the festival and local ministries within the church. Donations and volunteers are gladly accepted and encouraged. For more information, contact Christian Mays and we'll see you on November 2nd for our Family Fun Fest. In 2015, Stratford Heights will be celebrating 100 years. We've already begun working on our celebration, which will take place in October 2015. It seems like a long way away, but we're making preparations now and we need your help. If you have photos or videos that we can use in the new church directory or in the celebration video, please turn them in to Pastor Richard as soon as possible. There's a couple ways you can go about getting us your pictures and videos. You can email them to pastrichards67 at yahoo.com. You could upload them to a flash drive and bring them by the office, or you can put your photos or videos in a box or envelope. All items will be returned to you, of course. Thank you so much for your help in making this celebration one we'll never forget. We are quickly approaching the holiday season and we have lots going on here at Stratford Heights. In the coming weeks, we will be letting everyone know about our annual Christmas banquet, which will be held on Sunday, December 21st at 6 p.m. 
this year's church Christmas banquet will be a carry-in dinner and free for all those who attend. All you'll need to do is let us know that you're coming. A sign-up for this event will begin in early November, so keep a lookout for that. Our annual Thanksgiving service will be Tuesday evening, November 25th, with a cider and donut fellowship in the gym following the service. Advent begins Sunday, November 30th, with special messages each week by Pastor Ray Phillips. The children's Christmas program will be Sunday evening, December 7th, and the Christmas musical will be Saturday evening, December 13th, as well as Sunday evening, December 14th. More information regarding all these events will be coming up in the next few weeks. We just wanted you to know the dates now so that you can add them to your calendar. As you can see, it's an exciting time to be part of Stratford Heights Church, and we're so glad you're with us today. Now, we invite you to stand as we continue our worship together. Praise Him. 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 Praise Him.
I want us to understand exactly what this means. Jesus, looking at his disciples around the table on the very night he would be betrayed, arrested, pray the prayers in the Garden of Gethsemane and go before the Sanhedrin and courts. Everything would begin before he knew that night would unfold. He took elements in his hand. He took the bread, which this represents this morning, that you hold in your hand, and he took a cup. And he looked at his disciples, and he was, he was giving them something that they would carry on, and their children would carry on, the church would carry on, and down through time, generation after generation, over 2,000 years later, you and I hold the elements in our hand this morning. And Jesus said, as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, remember. 
just so that we don't ever get off track and start thinking that we're holy in ourselves or that we can do it on our own. He says, remember. Remember the body that was broken and remember, remember the blood that was spilled. And in that work on Calvary's cross, when he looked out at his enemies and looked up into the sky, cried out to the Holy Spirit and he said, it is finished. A complete work of salvation that 2,000 years later we're still experiencing. We're still fellowshipping in and we have the hope and promise of today. And so as you hold these elements, I want you to do what Paul told us to do in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians chapter 11. It's 1 Corinthians. He said in verse 28, he said, let a man examine himself. Let a man examine himself. For whoever would drink this cup or eat this bread of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. And so I want you and I as a congregation, before we go one step further, that we would just pay attention. Not only to what this means, but to our own heart. That we would take a moment to examine ourselves. Would you, in a moment of silence, would you just do that with me? Examine your own heart. Make sure that as you remember his body and the blood that was spilled at Calvary, the sacrifice there, that, that you have experienced that, that salvation, that grace in your own life. Would you take just a moment? Would you search all of our hearts, Lord? Search our hearts and our minds, our spirit. Let us truly, Lord, honor you with the sacrament of communion. I pray that as we follow this beautiful, beautiful expression of your sacrifice that you put in order, that you instituted in the church, that we would follow it, Lord, remembering what you've done for us. Paul writing said, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke the bread and he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being God, the Son of God, incarnate, taking on human flesh, becoming a man, allowing your body to be bruised and battered for our sins, sacrificing yourself for us. Thank you. He said, in the same manner, also, we took the cup and when he had supped, he said, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. And they drank. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We remember and we memorialize, Lord, that it's not by our works, lest any man would boast. It's not 
in our own goodness. We cannot attempt ever to be saved on our own. But thank you this morning for the body that you gave, the life that you lived here as an example for us in giving your body and then the shedding of your blood in sacrifice and crucifixion. You have purchased our salvation for the wages of sin is death, but the price has been paid by our Savior. We honor you, we bless you, and we are here today to praise and to lift up and to honor your name with every song, with every word, with every prayer, and with the clapping of our hands and with the shout of our voice. We give you honor and we give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jesus Hallelujah.
says that all power has been given to him in heaven and in earth. There is nothing too hard for God. There's nothing impossible with God. And as a matter of fact, I'm believing him right now for miracles, one side of this sanctuary all the way over to the other side. If you have need of anything that God knows about, I want you to lift your hand as high as you can. And I want to trust in God who is able right now. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Lord, we believe you. We thank you. We honor you. We give every care and need to you today. And we know that you're a God who is able and nothing is too hard for you. We give you the praise and the honor for healing. We give you the praise, God, for, di for, for direction, for guidance in our lives. And Lord, for your miraculous supply in the mighty name of Jesus. Someone is praying for a job. God's going to provide that job. Some are praying for restoration in their family. I'm believing for healing right now in the name of Jesus Christ. We give you the praise. We give you the honor. For we believe and we know that our God is a mighty God. Put your hands together and give him great praise. Come on, don't, don't do it halfway. Let's give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Oh. heard our prayers today. I believe that. Amen. I stand in agreement with you that God's word will be applied in your life. We're not, we're not applying a religion. Come on, say amen. We're not applying a denomination. We're not applying Pentecost. We are applying the word of God. The holy word of God who is, who tells us over and over and over again that he is 
a God there. Present help in the time of trouble. The Bible says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So whatever's fighting you out there, it has got big, big trouble on its hands. And he is our healer. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, by his stripes, we're healed. That isn't there for nothing. I have experienced it this morning. I came in here feeling terrible. This morning at 8.30, I, I was down in the dumps. I told the 8.30 crowd, I said, y'all pray for me. Stretch your hands towards me. I feel miserable. I just want to go find a, a couch or a bed somewhere and lay down. Suck my thumb. But God... I believe with all my heart, I feel from my head to my feet has touched me this morning, and I'm thrilled. I feel the presence and the power of God. So forgive me if I shout. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Come and pray for Israel, Richard, and then you're going to take us right into our offering. You may be seated. Let's pray for the nation of Israel this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we honor you and thank you and praise you for your presence. It's already here in this house. God, we're so amazed how you show up and move and work. And you know every heart and every life and every detail, every, every need that's in this place. God, just like you understand us, Lord, you understand the nation of Israel and the, and the place that they're at today, what they're dealing with and what they're going through. Lord, that little nation, God, you know, we know that you are right there with them. God, we pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would protect them and bring them peace in every situation. God, stand over their, their government and stand at their borders. And God, just move and work through every issue and every detail and protect them from any enemy that would come against them. God, in the name of Jesus, we praise you and we thank you. Amen and amen. We've come today to receive the tithes and offering. Our worship continues. As, as always, there's nothing more beautiful. I don't think there's anything that gives God more praise than to see his work go on. And today, when you put money in the offering plate, the loose offering, God's work is fulfilled. His work is done all around the earth. God's message is preached. People are raised up, and God is doing a beautiful thing in the mission field all around this world by the Spirit the sponsorship, so to speak, of the money that you place in the offering, the loose offering that you put in the plate. Of course, we appreciate also the tithes that come into our church that helps keep the light on and funds our local ministry. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we honor you and thank you once again. God, we know that you provide for us in so many beautiful and wonderful ways, our, our health, our life, our hope. God, you give it all. God, in response, Lord, in obedience to your word, we give back today to praise you and to honor you. Lord, we put ourself in your hands and we put our finances in your hand and, 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 and everything in our life. God, we put ourselves in your hands, Lord, that you would bless and move and work. We pray that your hand would be on the, the offering, the loose offering today as it goes throughout this whole world to touch ministries and touch hearts and lives all over this world. God, we just pray that you would bless those ministries. And Lord, here at home, pray that you would bless our people and bless this local work, that your will would be accomplished and done in a beautiful and awesome, mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen.
Yes. Yeah. 
Well, go on and praise him. You ought to be, you ought to be praising our God. The Bible says if you don't praise him, he'll cause the rocks to cry out. The sun and the moon, the birds, the mountains, the oceans hold back their boundaries. The whole earth gives him glory, gives him honor, and gives him praise. Somebody in this house better recognize that and give him glory. Give him the praise he deserves. Amen. He's worthy. He is worthy. Somebody says, well, they're just all riled up. You better believe it, brother. You better believe it. I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. Then a little light from heaven filled my soul. And he wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus makes me right. Let us have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about our troubles. And hear our faintest cry. And he'll answer by and by. Feel a little prayer will turn in. Know a little fire is burning. Find a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Hallelujah. You see, I once was lost in my sin. I didn't have no hope. I was without God. I had no future. And man, he found me. I was 18 years old when I knew the difference between night and day in my soul. I, he turned my life upside down. I've been shouting ever since. I'm excited about what he's done. He's washed me whiter than a driven snow, he says, in the word. He tells us over and over again in the word what he's done for us. And he actually, that communion we had a few minutes ago, he said, I don't want you to ever forget what I've done for you. I want you to remember it all the way to your children's children and your children's children after that. He wants us to remember what he's done. And I think that, you know, we get excited. I get excited when I see people, they, Cameron, they win the lottery and they go hog wild crazy. I watch tournaments. I've been to track meets. I've been to basketball games, football games. They go absolutely bonkers over, over good, good cause. Ain't nothing like Ohio State. It's a good cause. But I don't ever want my praise for a little leather ball to be higher or to be considered more appropriate than my praise to the creator of the universe who found me and saved me and turned me upside down. I want him to get the highest praise. I want him to get the highest praise. Amen. Higher than the president of the United States. Higher than the celebrities out there making millions. Higher than the richest man on earth. He is king of kings, Lord of lords, the prince of peace, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the bright and the morning star. He's the bread of life. He's the rose of Sharon. He is my savior. 
and you've come a little bit too late to, tell, to try to tell me I need to calm it down. I want to go out shouting when he comes. As a matter of fact, he says he's coming back. He's coming back with a trumpet sound. Somebody think he's going to walk in and just go, hey. Hey, y'all. I'm here. It's going to be a trumpet herald. Hit it for me, Josh. Hit it for me. good as that is, it pales in comparison. The Bible then says that he will, the Bible says the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. He's not coming up going to go say, I'm here. He's going to come out going, ho! <laughs> he can't hardly wait. With a shout. The voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God says, and then the dead in Christ, it's going to be so loud. It's going to be so exciting. It's going to be so wonderful that the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to hear it. It's going to rumble all the way down in the earth about six foot for most of them. And the Bible says it's going to cause them to shake, rattle, and roll. You ain't seen a church service till you saw dead people come to life. All over the earth, they're going to be rumbling and shaking. And the Bible says, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up, shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know what the writer, the writer says, wherefore, verse 18, wherefore, in other words, because of all this, actually it kind of means in Ohio language, what's up because of this? This is what's up. Comfort one another with these words. It ought not to strike fear. It ought not to strike anxiety. It ought not, boy, that's hard words to put together. <laughs> it ought not to cause you any kind of trouble in your spirit. He says comfort one another with these words. So it is right on a Sunday morning for the pastor to remind the congregation who's watched the news and you've been inundated with all kinds of negative stories and all kinds of trouble and not only that but the devil is a roaring lion has been out there trying to attack and tear your family down tear you down and he's been rummaging all throughout the earth they're cutting heads off over there if you name the name of a christianity there's all kinds of torment and torture going on in the world but jesus says in the word he says comfort one another with these words because it is right for me to tell you look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Jesus Christ is coming very soon. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, you might as well remain standing. 
You know what Paul wanted? Paul's writing, especially if you study any part of Ephesians, if you look at Ephesians especially, I love the book of Ephesians. Clear down to the armor of God in the end. It tells you how to fight the battles with the devil. But in the beginning of it, he wants to tell you about who you are in Christ. Because you see, you got. if I came in here, Jeff, and all I wanted to do was just dance all day, you know, like some kind of shallow, ignorant person who just wants to do nothing but just, yeah, hey, I went to church today. All I want to do is just dance. I, I got to quit because people take pictures of this stuff and they post it. Stop. <laughs> I look like an idiot on Facebook. Stop. I got people from North Carolina saying, what was this? <laughs> they come in. See, if you don't, Sandra, if, if you don't know what you're celebrating, if you don't have a clue as to what it is that, that causes you to be hot on the inside to where you can't hardly stand it, if you don't know what he did for you, well, then you're going to think we're a bunch of weirdos. You're going to think we're psychotic. As a matter of fact, they, they thought that, you know, at the upper room experience. These men are drunk. But see, they didn't know what had just taken place up there. They had no idea what had just happened. You see, the promise of the Spirit had come. And the Bible says that that promise of the Spirit is for you and for your children and your children's children and their children and to all those who are afar off. Acts chapter 1, go read it for yourself. Talking about the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit coming to you and I. And here we are in the scripture, listed right there in the scripture. I've thought many times some of you are way far off. <laughs> Just kidding. We're all far off. We're in that promise. And because of that truth and because of the word, Paul, all through Ephesians, he got, the, got us through all the, 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 the wonderful 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, setting us in order and, and Romans where he outlines the, the theology of the gospel and puts it all together. By the time he gets over here to Ephesians, he is telling us how to grow up. You see, we got to know what we shout about, what we sing about, what we, what we celebrate. We got to know what that is. Otherwise, the world will think you're crazy. I'll think you're crazy. But if you know what it is, if you can discern when the Spirit of the Lord is moving in a service, when you can tell when the presence of God is taking care of an issue, you see, this morning, you don't know what's been done in the spiritual realm already. I already have felt that there has been healing in the house. There's been a restoration of families in the house. I'm believing right now armies of angels were dispatched from this building during our praise and our worship time. And I'm believing that there are people getting touched all over the city and all over the state, perhaps even far away from here, who are being touched because of the worship that was happening in this very house. And so... I know what I'm shouting about. I know what I'm celebrating. I walked in here dripping sweat, feeling terrible. I'm praising God because he touched me. 
I had a massive headache walking down the hallway, and I don't have any lick of a headache right now. He touched me. Somebody says, oh, that was that old ibuprofen. I didn't take one. I didn't have one. <laughs> I was looking for one. But walking down the hallway, Brother Brandenburg, I got in here. A friend of mine just happened to be praying for me and gave me a scripture that said, God is going to perfect that which concerns you. And man, the moment I read it on my phone, standing right here, I felt the touch of God on my head right then. And I felt him release me. You can call it whatever you want to. You can doubt it all you want to. But I'm standing with a bunch of remnant folks who just dare to believe that God is the God of the word and not the God of somebody's religion. I dare to believe that he's the God of his promises and that he is a God that is almighty and powerful and very present here today. Amen? I believe that. One more time, give him praise. Ephesians chapter 3, 20 minutes, I'm going to watch it real close, I'm going to let you out at 11.59, maybe. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, then I'm going to jump over to chapter 4, verse 13. This is what concerns Paul. He says, for this reason, and, and you say, well, what was the reason? He had been talking about who we are in Christ, who we can be in Christ, who you can be as a Christian full of Christ. For this reason, Paul said, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, oh, this is my desire, he's saying to the Ephesian church, this is what I want for you. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend, may be able to grasp, may be able to grab hold of this truth. That with all the saints, what is the width and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, which is unknowable. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is Paul's prayer. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen yeah. Ephesians 4 and 13 he goes on in the very next chapter he just continues this process I'm praying for you brothers until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God he wants us to know him he wants us to understand him more than we understand our mate more than we understand our jobs more than we understand science, more than we understand life. He says, I want you to understand and know, to have knowledge of the Son of God. 
until you come to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, until you look just like him. That we should no longer be children. So many babes today. So many children in the faith. And I'm not talking about kids. I'm talking about children in faith. Tossed to and fro. Carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. He says, this I don't want for you. This is all I see. He says, but what I want is, I want speaking the truth in love that you may grow up. Look at somebody and say, grow up. That you may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Can I say this? Just because you don't understand it, don't make it not real. Just because you don't get it doesn't mean you ought to. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it's not God, that it's not true. Search out the knowledge of Christ. and Don't be found wanting on the day of the Lord. I'm saying that to someone. Speaking the truth in love, that you may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying or building up of itself in love. That's some good scriptures now. That's good scriptures. Father, we ask that you will touch and minister in the few minutes that we have this morning, that we will leave this place feeling empowered, that we will leave this place feeling challenged, that we will leave this place not feeling condemned, but Lord, feeling as if we can indeed know Christ, as Paul has challenged us to. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. For this reason, for this reason, Paul says, he's praying for us. I bow my knees to the Father. Now think about that and get a look at that because if you understand Ephesians at all, you know that Paul is in prison. He's been locked up. He's been chained up. He can't go on missionary journeys anymore. He's not able to, to get out there and to, and to find his, his voice, so to speak. He can't do anything. He's, he's, he's bound up. He's locked up. He, he's shut up. And what I love about him is the example that he sets that's so beautiful. I love that opening of chapter 3 where he says, for this reason. I bow my knees to the Father, he says. I pray for you. And I, I look at that and I started thinking and as I was studying over that, I thought, you know what, how amazing is that? Paul is so full of the knowledge of Christ, so full of his desire to know more, his craving to know more of Christ, that he absolutely has got this, he's got this, 
this thing inside of him. And, and I feel like that's what's been taking place in my own heart. And, and I pray it in the lives of my family and, and our church that we would all have the same hunger and desire. He, he had this craving that he, he couldn't be quiet. He couldn't, he couldn't just suffer. He's in prison. He, he's locked up. He's, it's all for the gospel's sake. He has every right to just kind of sit there, mullygrub, whine, be paralyzed, be stopped, be depressed, be discouraged. He has the right to just do nothing. But he, he can't. He can't just sit there. And when he can't do, he can't go out and preach. You know, you look at his life in several different places. I mean, when, when he was, when he couldn't, he was locked up and, and in prison. Well, he, he'd just talk to the guards. He'd preach to the guards. He'd just, he'd get them saved. He, he had this desire constantly to preach. So he's preaching to the guards, preaching to the other prisoners. He's talking to all of them. And, and there you have this picture. So then they couldn't handle that anymore. So they put chains on him and they threw him down in the deepest part of the dungeon and put him next to these guards and more or less told him he couldn't talk to anybody. He got to be quiet. So what's he do in the midnight hour? He, he doesn't know what else to do with himself. So he just kind of starts humming. The blood that gives me strength. I don't know if that's a song he happened to be singing. He starts singing, him and Silas, and next thing you know, shake, rattle, and roll all over again. And he's set free. He couldn't be quiet. And then you've got him sitting in the Ephesian uh, letter. He's writing this letter, and he's there in the prison, and he doesn't know what else to do. He wants to preach to these folks, so he's writing these letters to all the churches, and he's doing all this, and then what does he do? He, 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 he prays because he knows the power of prayer is just as good as him going. The power of prayer is just as powerful for him as anything else, but it also sets this beautiful example that he is not going to shut up. He's not going to be quiet. He's not going to sit down and do nothing. He, even though anybody else and everybody else might be paralyzed by his circumstances, he says, what, where does he even list them? He doesn't tell you what he's going on there. He does later on, but when he talks about shipwrecks and them trying to kill him and, and all kinds of things in prison that has happened to him and beaten, when he talks about those things, he more or less talks about them in the light of, and none of them have stopped me. Paul is this amazing character. He will not let anything stop him. And yet we find ourselves sometimes so paralyzed by the littlest circumstance. Come on. We let ourselves get so disgruntled and we let ourselves get so upset. We let ourselves get so quiet when we have the smallest little thing that comes into our lives. It's time, Paul is saying to the church, he's like, I want you to grow up. I want you to grow up in Christ. I want you to get over your, your, your pettiness and your, your instability and insecurity. I want you to grow up. I want you to be mighty and powerful because the fullness of Christ in your life should cause you to be a superhero. The power in your life ought to cause you to be a giant for God everywhere you go. Stephen was so full of faith, so full of the Spirit of God. The Bible says he had wisdom and he had faith. He had the Spirit. He had the fire. He had the shine on him. He was full of Christ, it even says. 
And when you look at that, I mean, they were so mad at him, they wanted to just shut him up. So they paid people to lie on him and say he was blaspheming. And he ended up in court there before the judge and all the council is staring at him. And what do they say? As they're looking at him and they're hearing all these people lie about him and say all this stuff, it's quoted in the scripture there in Acts. It says that they, all the council looked at him and were astonished because they saw such a glow and a shine of God in his countenance. Full of God so that it didn't matter what he went through. It, doesn't, it didn't matter to him what kind of persecution. Even when they lied against him, it didn't matter. The glow that was on his face was something that he was not about to let ever be diminished by his circumstances. It says in Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Then there arose some uh, from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen who, disputed, who were disputing with him. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So they secretly induced men to say, we've heard him speak blasphemies, words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes, and they came and they seized him and brought him to the council. They also set up false witnesses who said, this man does not cease to speak blasphemies, blasphemous words against this holy place in the law, for we have heard him say, and they went on to these all these terrible things. And then in verse 15 it says, And all who sat in the council looking steadfastly at him, Stephen, saw his face as the face of an angel. To be Paul is saying, I want you to have such a glow, such a shine, I want you to have such a light inside of you that you look like the face, you have the face of an angel. Or better is in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. For Paul, writing here, says, But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, or mirror, are changed into the same image. What? But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The disciples walking and Peter and John began to speak with such boldness. The people were looking at them and they were marveled. It said they marveled and were astounded. Why? Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus Paul says, my prayer to the Father is that you, you would be so full of the wisdom and the knowledge of Christ that you would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the depth and the height and the width and the length 
And he says, and to know the love of God, which you got to understand what the Bible's saying. Don't just memorize scripture. Understand what it means. It says, and to know the love of God, which surpasses knowledge. Do you know what that means? That means it's unknowable. Impossible. You can't know it. Oh, you know, I've always, ever since I was little, I've always just been a loving person. No, you haven't. Because it's not natural. The Bible says it's unknowable. You may have emotions that look like love, that act like love. But until you know Christ, until you have experienced the Creator's touch on your life and the fullness of Christ in you, until you have met Him, until you have encountered Him, until He has come into your life and absolutely transformed your mind and spirit, until you have met Christ, the Bible is clear to point out, you don't even know what love is. But Paul says, my prayer to the Father is that you will know with all saints what is that, how tall it is. It reaches to the highest heavens. It goes deeper than the lowest hell. It's wider than as far as the east is from the west. It cannot be known by any human mind. It must be encountered. It must be experienced. You must come to the knowledge, Paul is saying, oh, that you would be rooted and grounded. When we talk about what that means, it means understanding the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. Jesus said when they was asked what is the, what is the most important and the greatest commandment, he said only two, love God, truth. Love God with all you have, every part of your being. Love God and love one another. Truth and love. That is to grow up. To grow up. To grow up in the Lord is to come to that place when you begin every day in your journey, whether it's memorizing and understanding his word. I hope you are memorizing it. I hope that if you think that you've got this great relationship with Christ, that part of that in your life is this immense, intense hunger for the word. If not, grow up. Grow up. If you have not yet discovered the intensity of relationship with Jesus in a prayer closet, and you've not yet discovered the wonderful a relationship, the encounter, the intimacy that comes by being in his presence, if you have not yet discovered that kind of power in your life, grow up. You've got some growing to do. 
to be discipled, to be transformed, to be changed. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, I read earlier, so that when you hold up the mirror of the Spirit, when you hold up next to the glory of the Lord, you see His glory in your reflection. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus be? You and I changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord holding up the mirror of righteousness, the mirror of the glory of God, the mirror of salvation, the mirror of Christ. And there beholding your own reflection. This is our desire, Paul's prayer. This is my cry. That must be what David meant when he said, as the deer pants for the water brook. He was trying to think of something out there that would just be so starving, so thirsty. He said, as a, as a deer, as the heart in the King James, as the heart pants for the water brook, so does my soul thirst after you, O oh God. When will I come before you? Over and over and over again. All throughout scripture, the hunger, the desire, it's always there. Paul in Philippians said, oh, that I may know him. He wanted to know him in every possible way. His desire for God was that he would know him in his fellowship, in his sufferings, in his death. That he would know him in the resurrection. He said, I want to know him in every conceivable possible way. Oh, my challenge to a church on fire before the Lord comes back. Are we hungry for God? Are we thirsty for him? Are we like a dry, barren desert in need of water? Are we looking, diligently searching? Jeremiah said, oh, you will search for me and you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Church, hear me this morning. You can like me or lump me. You can not like the church of God. You can love the church of God. You can hate Pentecost and not understand us, or you can think we're a bunch of hoodlums, whatever you want. But listen, we're preaching the word of God this morning that says we have got to be hungry, thirsty for God, and we got to know him. we got to know who he is and what he's about, and we've got to experience it in our lives. We have to search it out. Don't shut him out. Don't turn him off. Don't get quiet and sit down. Trust and know that God's word is live, living, two-edged sword. It's something that literally will speak to the very soul of your heart, your body, your life. It'll speak. It'll change and transform this power of God, this fullness of Christ until you come into a perfect man, it said. Perfect, but it doesn't mean perfect like we know it. It doesn't mean flawless. It means complete, whole, well done. Until you come to the place where you have this understanding. Paul, Paul who once killed Christians. Paul who once might have looked a lot like ISIS. Paul who was a terrorist. 
Paul who stirred fear in the hearts of those who had accepted Christ. It was Saul then. Paul had an encounter. Had an encounter on the road to Damascus. The Bible says the bright light shone and the Lord spoke to him. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And in his heart and in his mind, immediately the scales fallen from his eyes, he said, Lord, do you know him? I know we know church. I know we know Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Nazarene, Church of God, first Church of God, second Church of God, third Church of God. Church of Christ, Assemblies of God. Our rivals. Not really, we love them very much. We understand all that, but that isn't what I asked. I didn't ask you what, what particular religion have you joined. I didn't ask you what denomination do you sign on with. I didn't ask you what was your particular declaration of faith. What I asked you was, do you know Christ? Do you know him? Do you know him? Do you know him? Have you experienced and encountered a relationship with him to where it absolutely is something that, that you would call and tr translate as fire inside. It's transformed you. You no longer live in fear. You no longer live in anxiety. You no longer live in hate. You no longer live in sin. You literally want all of your being to know him and you want to be transformed and you lay yourself on the altar and in Romans he said to present your body you've done this and you are absolutely imperfect in every way but you are climbing and you are striving and you are fighting to get there do you wake up listening for a trumpet do you ever wake up wondering if it today will be the day do you have such a desire and such a love and such an intimate uh, hunger inside of you for the Lord that you hardly want to get through some days without just getting off somewhere and getting in that closet? Do you have those hours, those days where you can't hardly stand it? You don't want to talk to others? You just want to get locked away? Oh, my prayer, my prayer is with Paul that we would know him, that we would desire him, that there would be such a love fest of Jesus that we would absolutely have that desire mold over this church, literally fill every pew and every life and every heart until we would be a church that looks just like him that looks just like him. That's, that's the goal. When Jesus looked up at the cross and he said, it is finished. He was saying, it's done. Eternity is in you. Heaven is in you. Sanctification and Holy Ghost baptism, it's in you. It's there for you. It's all included in this work that he's done as we look and accept and then begin that journey of growth. We seek after him because there is no halfway. He, will, he who hath begun a good work in you will see it all the way through to completion. And completion was done when he said, it is finished. 
So the work is there to be done in you. The only responsibility you have is to meet him, to accept him, and to begin that growing in him. You can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, and not be a grown-up. We need to grow in Christ and learn of him. And this is the meat for your meal today. Grow up. Some of us are still, we're still locked up in our attitudes and and our our mentality and, and our earthliness. Paul says, oh, I wish you would grow up. There are encounters and experiences with Christ, salvation, then you move on in your journey to know him in the fullness and you discover that sanctified righteousness that he gives to you and you begin as the armor of God is placed on your life and then the promise and we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we believe in that baptism experience that touches and transforms and gives us power and what more desire is there than for us as Christians, as new babes to want to desire the baptism of the Spirit of God, not because it's a religion, but because it's the third person of the Godhead Trinity. Because we're hungry and we're thirsty for him. We desire him. Then, then in that walk, we just keep growing and we keep growing until we are on missionary journeys and we're empowered and we're a witness and we're literally everywhere telling the good news of the gospel until the work has been completed in our lives. And you know when that is? When either the rapture takes place or, baby, you've been put in the ground. That's when it stops. We never retire. We never, Christians, there's no such thing as a retired Christian. Growing, constantly growing, growing. There's so much to be discovered. There's so much to understand, so much to know. Husband, you're not supposed to just stay the way you are. You're supposed to get more and more and more like Christ every day until your wife has has problems. She don't know whether you're Jesus or whether you're her husband. She can't figure out which one you are. That's the way it ought to be. Where's the hunger? Where's the desire? Is it all right if I preach like this? Is this okay to let people know? Man, we've got to look just like him. Dad, dad that your children are afraid of, dad that loses his temper, dad that's got a little bit of an anger problem, you're not supposed to stay like that. You're supposed to allow Christ to come in and literally begin to transform and really mold you and shape you into his image to where you act, look, talk, walk, and are just like Jesus. Grow up. Grow up. We all, this pastor better look like him. I better be searching out the scripture, searching out, searching out my relationship, putting myself in that altar of prayer in my home. I need to make sure I am surrendering and laying my body down and my mind and my spirit surrendered to him Constantly so that as a pastor, you have a hard time figuring out who's preaching. Oh, God, help us this morning. Until we all, beholding in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same 
image. Wow. Here's the awesome thing. All the necessary work has already been done. It's finished. So all we got to do is, I surrender all. I surrender all. Wait a minute, no, I mean, that's not it, Pastor. Surely there's more. No, you see, the, the work's already been done. Paul said, I decrease so that he can increase. If any man, Jesus said, will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. It's just about the denying and the surrendering. And in that process and work, man, the power of the fullness of Christ comes rolling into your life. It's really about when you finally figure out that you can't be good enough, that you never were good enough, that you will never, ever do it. You cannot fix yourself or anyone else. For it is not I who lives. Paul said. But Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in this flesh. I live by faith. In the one who gave his life for me. That is the beautiful. Perfect formula. For being like Christ. Would you stand? How cool the Peter and John that in their face, in their face, people were looking at him, staring at him, and said, Man, you can just tell they they've been with Jesus. Or to be one of those council members sitting around staring at Stephen while all these people are lying and saying false things against him and yet they're looking at Stephen and they're like, then why, why does he look like an angel? No matter what, no matter what circumstance, whether in prison, whether beaten, shipwrecked, left to die, chained up, shut up, buried down in the deepest dungeon. Find your song. Find your prayer. And let God bring you out because he always will. Don't give in. Don't give up. Keep going. Grow up in him. You won't be sorry. This is discipleship at its best. Speaking the truth in love. Love God. Love people. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. With a packed house. Beautiful crowd today. I would ask you one simple question. Do you know him? Have you experienced that relationship with Christ? 
Do you know him for yourself? He died on the cross for you. And he wants to be a savior. And he wants to show you the work he would love to do. He can do. Has already been purchased for you. But you just got to step into it today. If you're here today and you need Christ, we're going to pray a prayer in just a moment. And the prayer in and of itself is just words unless it's put together with your heart. And if you believe it in your heart, the Bible says something mysterious happens. Something beautiful takes place. The Bible says that the heart, together with your, with your mouth, with your confession, causes you to be born again and saved. All of heaven knows it. Angels rejoice and shout and dance and holler. And the church celebrates as well. If you're here today and you need Christ and you're ready for this new decision in your life, I want you to lift your hand up right where you are and right back down. Amen. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. God bless you. I see you. God bless you guys. Greatest decision you'll ever make in all of your life. God bless you, sir. Wonderful. Christians are praying in the house right now. Very important that you're praying, being used of the Holy Spirit right now. Is there anyone else? Several, several have lifted their hand. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Young man? Father? Anyone else? I'm waiting just a few seconds. God bless you, sir. Thank God for these. Thank God for these. Amen. I feel... I feel like the work of the Spirit has been done. I don't even know. Somebody else will have to tell me how many, but several of you have lifted your hand. We're going to put together your heart with your mouth, your confession that Christ is the Son of God, and that he died for you and rose from the dead for you and wants to be your Savior. We're going to put that together with your heart, and I'm telling you, the mystery is going to take place right here. It's going to be beautiful. Church, I'd like you to help me. Let's all pray this together. We're taking them straight to the throne. Let's do it together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I know that you died on the cross for me. That you rose from the dead. You are the Son of God. Be the Lord of my life. I believe this in my heart. Salvation is mine through your sacrifice. I confess it. So according to your word, it's just that simple, but could not be more powerful. I'm born again. I'm saved. I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And now I pray for us, church. I want you to reach over and take the hand of somebody standing beside you. You might be holding the hand of a family member or perhaps your husband, your wife, maybe your child. It's important. We are the body of Christ together. My prayer is that we will all grow up in him that we will all grow into a hunger and a desire more for him than we have for the air that we breathe. 
that we search him out and seek the good things of the fullness of Christ in our lives. Let's pray for one another right now. Pray that over the person you're holding their hand right now. Someone else is praying for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray over our church today. I thank you for the spirit of worship, for the spirit of excitement. Lord, there's nothing wrong with celebration. I thank you for the moving of your spirit in this place today. I pray that you will touch every heart, every life, every family. Lord, so many problems in the world, so much sadness out there, so much terrorism and and murder and violence and troubles on every side. The world, Lord, is at war all over the place. But God, there is peace in Christ. There is joy unspeakable and full of glory to be found and had. And there is love that is beyond our ability to even know. I thank you that today you will touch us Give us a grand desire and a hunger such as we have never had before. Not a hunger to be right, not a hunger to be heard, but Lord, a hunger to know you with every ounce and fiber of our being. May every family create a family altar. May every heart and every life be so thirsty and hungry for you. I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ that you will hear the cry that I pray. I literally join alongside of you, Jesus, in John chapter 17, where you said, Lord, that they may be one together as you and I are one. Father, we desire to be one with you and your Father. We desire that we will live out an existence where we reflect, we look just like you. In Jesus' name, we pray together, and everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you this morning, Richard. Amen. What a wonderful message about growing up. What a wonderful message. Today, as you leave, we want you to keep two things in mind. Number one, if you have taken your picture for the directory, thank you so much. If you still have yet to do it or need to reschedule, we do have a couple of days this week that you can do that. You can talk to Missy Osborne, call the office. Also, Starting this Wednesday, I am doing a membership class for for our church. If you're interested in membership, the history of our church, the pastor's vision, what we believe, if maybe you're new to our church and you just want to find those things out, I'll be teaching a four-week class in room 301 right over here. If you would like more information about that or interested in it, just let me know that before you leave today, and that'll be awesome. We pray that God will be with you and he'll bless you and keep you safe until you come back tonight. Amen? We'll see you. Bye. Another G.